Welcome to the NHPP's Equity Expert Podcast. I'm Jason Mann, and with me today is Kathy Sun. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. So uh, just to get right into it, uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Hello, my name is Kathy. I am currently the Director of Equity Programs at OpenAI based in San Francisco, California. I have over 10 years of equity administration experience for both private and public companies, mostly in tech. And I currently live in Oakland, California, and I lived in the Bay for over nine years now, and originally from Orange County, California. So I've always been in the West Coast. No plans to change that. I do love the sunny weather. And I also have a two-year-old daughter that keeps me humble and on my toes. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I, yeah, little ones at that age, always a, a fun time. Terrible too. Oh, yeah. so hopefully that's not happening at the moment, but. It's a thing. She has her moments, but I would say overall, she's an angel and I couldn't ask for a better baby. Aww. That's really nice to hear. So I guess my next question is, how did you get your start in equity compensation? Well, I was born and I realized I wanted to be an equity professional. Just like we all, just just like all of us. I mean, we come out with just an urge to get into equity. Exactly. No, really, I did a rotational internship while I was at UC San Diego for college. And it was a rotational internship within HR. So from there, I learned all the different facets within HR. And I was just drawn to compensation. Because I just really, not only was I nosy about how much people were getting paid, but I liked the data behind it. And you're more behind the scenes, you know, solving problems um, using data and analytics. After that, I got my first full-time job at a company called CoreLogic in Irvine, California. And that was actually a hybrid role of a compensation analyst and a stock plan administrator. So before this job, I had no idea, you know, what a stock option or RSU was, or even what equity administration was until I joined this company. And that really taught me the basics of how to process a release, how to process stock option exercises and get compensation committee approval, all that stuff. And it was a really, really great job that really taught me the basics. I was there for roughly three years. And then after that, I moved up to San Francisco for a full-time stock administrator job at Uber Technologies. That's where I would say I really got an accelerated learning of equity administration at the more complex level, where, you know, when I started in 2014, we had roughly 2,000 employees. And then at the time of IPO, we were at 25,000 employees and 60 plus countries. And so, you know, I learned so much over those eight and a half years that I don't think I would be able to learn if I'd stayed at any other company really over those last eight years. Most recently, I just joined OpenAI as the Director of Equity Administration, and that's where I'm continuing to challenge myself, being their first dedicated equity hire. That's awesome. We kind of touched on this in in your recent answer, but with the equity side of it, we all kind of come from diverse backgrounds, and like we joked about it, but no one really comes out the womb uh, thinking that equity compensation is going to be their preferred career choice. But Mm -hmm. once you get that itch, I think all of us have a certain moment where equity just starts to resonate with us. And it's weird. Like you just start to really get attached to it and you really start to see the value of it and the intrigue. So I guess my question for you is when did it really start to feel like this was the profession you wanted to pursue? Great question. So it was when I did the hybrid role of compensation and stock administration, I realized I leaned towards the stock administration functions more passionately. I think it's because you get to wear many hats as a stock plan 
administrator, right? One day you're an HR professional trying to solve employee issues and educating employees on equity programs. Another day you're a legal person trying to, you know, review grant agreements and interpret legal documents. And then another day you're a finance professional, you know, doing endless audits to just make sure every number ticks and ties. And even your systems administrator, right? You have to learn how to manage uh, equity administration system like ShareWorks, Fidelity, or E-Trade. And so all of those different things, you know, ensure that not every day is going to be the same. And you're really developing so many different skill sets that not every other job requires. That's such a great way to put it. You're always developing some new skill set. There's always something new. Every, yes. No matter how long you've been in the field, there's always something new. <laughs> Yes. And I did like that there's a little less gray area in stock administration because our industry is so highly regulated for the better, which makes sense. You know, it's easy to say to somebody, hey, we can't do this because of section 123 of the IRS code, right? Compared to maybe in compensation, it's harder to say, well, the company decided that we do not want to pay you at this right level or this percentile. I would say it's kind of nice because we can use a lot of legal reasons for not doing certain things. Really cuts down your time explaining the why uh, of certain situations. Exactly. Here's an article. Legal. Can't do it. (laughs) I guess, uh, you know, you obviously have, you know, great experience. You've done amazing things being with Uber, the experience you've had there, now being with OpenAI. So uh, just to ask you a question. Was there any key moments in your career that you can be that you could think back on that was just key in your professional development and getting to the area you are now? Yeah, I would say while I was at Uber, our team was growing and we needed to divide and conquer our duties so that we can scale. And one of the things I was happy to give up was education and communications. I just thought I don't have a passion for it. It's not that important. But my director, you know, basically was like, I would love you to keep this on your plate because I think you'd be good at it. And in my mind, I was like, "Ugh, fine, I'll just do it. But, you know, I ended up finding that passion and realizing that I was good at it. And it provided so much opportunity for me to even travel the world to do education sessions. And I even won a GEO award for my communication plan I created for the IPO. So, you know, that was a pivotal little moment for me that I need to maybe listen to others more. And maybe it's something that you don't see in yourself as a strength, but somebody else, either your manager or, you know, other stakeholders and peers can identify for you and, you know, show you that there's other places and ways to shine that you probably didn't really think you had, you know, that skill set to begin with. Yeah, I mean, that, that's amazing. It's something you didn't have much of a keen interest on, and then you end up winning an award for it. Exactly. So I feel very fortunate that it was put on my plate and I reluctantly took it. But that's probably a lesson, right? It's something sometimes you're not always going to love what you're doing, but sometimes there's a plan for you. And there's a reason why it's on your plate so that you can learn a lesson from it. Well, I'm glad your your manager saw something in you that <laughs> you might have not seen yourself at the moment, because I feel like a lot of people for the IPO probably we're very grateful for the communication because we we are in a niche field. We both talked about it before I've gotten to this field. I didn't really understand like what an RSU was. I didn't understand like the equity aspect of it, the growth, the potential there. And sometimes when we get deep into the field, we kind of forget what it was like to not have that information and knowledge. And these participants that have these awards that can get the value from this do these big events, such as an IPO, there's a lot of gray area for them just because they don't have that ability to understand what's going on. I'm pretty sure the fact that you were able to create such a great communication plan there was 
definitely uh, appreciated by those participants. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, and then I guess just for growing your career, like to where it is now, can you give like examples of like the strategies you implemented to develop the way you have? You kind of mentioned a little bit taking on things that you might not have wanted to do, such as the education and communication side of it. But other than that, is there any like specific strategy you had to continually advance yourself in the field? Yeah, I would say because I was at a startup, you were able to wear so many hats and are involved in so many other projects that aren't always in your normal stock administrator scope. And my strategy was really just raising my hand and taking opportunities as I saw them. And especially if there's deficiencies in other teams, right? Take that opportunity to raise your hand and help those teams to not only learn more and grow, but also build right relationships with your stakeholders. And so it really got me a lot more cross-functional exposure which I thought was a great strategy for my own growth. And also I felt like I was an owner. Like there's always issues that you find, right? And it's so easy to be like, oh, there's an issue here, but that's not me. I do this, right? Part of that as a startup, you don't really have that luxury of, right, doing that. You are an owner, you're supposed to be an owner. And so that's something that was always instilled in me early on in my career was to truly be an owner. If you find an issue or find something that needs to be fixed, help solve it, work with the right people to solve that problem, even if you don't know how to solve it or right what the answer is, but at least try to be involved to see that through instead of just punting it to somebody else. Yeah, that is a great opportunity at startups. You have the ability to learn a lot. It's a very hectic environment. Uh, and one thing you touched on was being able to communicate with other stakeholders within the company. And I'm sure the cross-departmental communication as well, just because as the admin, we function within a lot of different areas. We did a podcast in the past. Uh, so quick shout out to Lamont Walker from Lyft, a great guy. <laughs> uh, he was talking about how important it was to just have those open communication lines, just because we work within so many different areas and having a preconceived, like a relationship there that isn't just around problems that arise. Uh, throughout the, the admin function is just always a great thing to have those positive relationships and ensure that you have open communication lines. And every time you message somebody on Slack or whatever communication method you use, it's not like, oh boy, what's the problem now? <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's very important. And one other thing I found was you actually learn how other teams work and how they project manage. And you can actually learn more about skill sets, such as project management and different tools and systems that people use that could help you in your role. Obviously, you've done a great job for yourself and how you developed. But if you could go back and give advice to your younger self, who's just starting out in this field, what would be something you would you would tell? I would say be more confident in yourself. Do not have imposter syndrome. You were hired for a reason. You're there for a reason. And you deserve to be there. I think that was always a big thing for me is not having as much confidence when I was younger and being able to speak up, right? If something doesn't look right, speak up and ask questions versus just doing something because that was in the process document. So I highly recommend that as well. As you go th throughout your career, you're obviously going to catch things and you should always speak up if you see things that are wrong or feel like things should be better or you have a new process or idea to make things more efficient. Don't be scared to bring those ideas to life, either to your manager or you know peers as well to get their buy-in. And then you know it's okay to push back. I feel like as I was younger, I felt like I had to say yes to every single little request 
even if it didn't make sense. That's one thing I would say is have some boundaries where you really have to prioritize and think through, you know, what makes sense at the moment to focus on. Obviously, politely push back with the right rationale as well. And that is amazing advice. I just know from the admin function, a lot of things roll down to us. Mm-hmm. My experience as well. We again, we put the, all the different departments we work within. A lot of decisions they make are going to directly affect us. And if we don't speak up, if we don't push back on certain areas, people don't realize how big that snowball can get as it gets down to us in the admin function. Absolutely. So your eyes get a little bit big there. Did you have like a little bit of a flashback to a specific situation? <laughs> oh gosh, too many to count. <laughs> yeah, that's about typical for us in the field. <laughs> now, for that advice you gave to your younger self, if you had, would you, is that something similar that you would give to someone that's a new equity professional learning to start out in the field? For anyone listening right now that is trying to break into the equity field and get their start here, uh, you mentioned what you would do, you, what advice you would give your younger self. Aside from that, is there anything else you would tell a new equity professional starting out for any advice you would give them? Yes. Always raise your hand and say yes to new opportunities. Right. I think just being very open to learn is really important if you're starting your career because you never know what path that can take you into your passion. So you may think it's something you don't want to do at first, similar to the communications education experience that I had, but then you might realize that you do love it and that you're actually really good at it. So as you're starting out your career, it, it's a great idea to you know continue to push yourself to learn and open yourself to new opportunities. That's a great a little bit on my own experience, I learned the same thing is it's better to always raise your hand and get involved with things just because you might not feel like it's for you, or maybe it's a little bit intimidating because it's brand new. Those are the things that are really going to help you push your development forward. In my experience, I learned that very directly when I was, uh, had my stint in the military. <laughs> There's a lot of things that are terrifying, especially when you're going through basic, a lot of things you don't want to get involved with, a lot of things you just don't want to get picked out for, but you start to realize in that experience, it's not that basically gets easier as you go through it's that you get tougher and the way to get tougher is the things that you're afraid of those are the things you need to charge forward into because that's really going to get you to that next level and help you get that sense of comfort so just not even in the admin function i think that's a great principle for most people to take into their daily lives and whatever they're pursuing absolutely i think if you are too comfortable then you you kind of have less opportunity for growth. You're not really pushing yourself or growing. So it's kind of nice to shake things up a little bit and get uncomfortable. <laughs> it can be scary people, but it's worth it in the long run. We promise you. <laughs> get out there. <laughs> get out there. Do it. <laughs> so as a manager, how would you like to see your employees advocate for themselves when looking for promotion or trying to get additional responsibilities? I think first off, be really good at your core responsibilities, right? You really need to build trust first by showing to your manager and stakeholders that you can do your job and you can do it really well. And then from there, try to figure out what you actually want to focus on, what you want to learn and you know, try to vocalize that with others, whether it's your manager or right other stakeholders that you work with, peers who can actually help you get there. Sometimes it's not always going to be your direct manager that can get you there. But it's right also on you to put in the work and you know make those connections with other people around you, especially if it's something that you're really interested in. I would say make sure one, you're good at your job and build trust. And then two, right, vocalize what you want so that your manager can at least help 
you direct you to where you need to go because they may not even know what you're interested in and they might be super busy, right? And so it's good to at least set the tone with your manager of like, right, I love what I'm doing right now, but I'm ready for more, I'm ready for the next step. And you tell them what you want the next step to be. And obviously if they're a good manager, they would listen and you know try to get you there. Honestly, yeah, that's the thing with the communication side that even from the employee at, or the employee aspect to the manager side of it is mm-hmm. manager, like sometimes there's just a lot going on and things that might seem obvious to the employee about what they're angling for in their career and what they're looking for might not be obvious to the manager and being able to vocalize that, put it out there to make sure that it's understood what you want to do with your career is going to help your manager understand exactly what they can do to assist you. It's just being vocal, mm-hmm. having open communication is always going to be the best practice. You don't want to be operating in a vacuum. Exactly. You just shouldn't make assumptions. Be like, oh, well, they're my manager. They should create this performance plan for me and show me where I need to be developed, right? That's not how the real world works, right? It's a you know two-way street where you have to meet 50-50 or maybe even right, 75% really advocating for yourself because your manager might be so busy. And so it is just really important to have those frequent touch points with your manager to focus on your growth. So if it's monthly or quarterly, I think quarterly should be the minimum of touch bases on, you know, getting feedback from your manager or from other peers, being more vocal about what you want to learn next. Is there an employee from the past that you can think of that just did a great job advocating for themselves? Yes, I have so many. I've had really great direct reports that have been phenomenal in advocating for themselves and building trust and working with stakeholders. And so I would say a good, almost all of them, I've been very, very lucky to have a great team. I think it just kind of goes down to the underlying principle. It's just communicate. Make sure Mm -hmm. people understand what it is you're looking for, what you want to accomplish, and make sure your manager is aware of that so they can, like you mentioned, so they can help create that plan to get you to where you want to go. Exactly. You know, Kathy, those are, those are all great answers. I think it's something our audience is going to find very valuable in terms of the input you've just provided. And I'm sure our listeners out there got their eyes open to certain things that they can do for themselves in their own career, or even as a manager, what they can do to help their employees understand how to advocate for themselves going forward. It was great having you on today, Kathy. And I'm sure our audience did appreciate all that insight. Uh, but before we let you go, if you don't mind sharing, what's next for you? Like, do you have any current goals or things you're excited about that you're currently working on? Yeah, I'm really excited to start building out a small equity team from the ground floor and all the new challenges are that it's going to come with transforming a startup for scale. So that's my professional goal. And, you know, eventually, hopefully I can add another um, member to my family and continue to grow my family and spark that joy. With building out the team, are you looking for people that have like a passion for equity, looking to kind of help them build out within that field? Or is it more looking for those that, okay, I see. So it's more like trying to find people that like the, the younger Kathy, the younger person. (laughs) Yes, a mini me. (laughs) Yeah, I would think I would want somebody that is really strong operationally, but then I also want somebody that has a lot of global experience as well and like plan compliance, because that's also very important. So to make sure as we grow, we definitely think about a global scale and then also operational efficiency. Awesome. No, I think that's great, especially with how fast you guys are growing. I think those are definitely key traits you're going to look for as you build that team out. And I'm excited for you. I think what you're doing is awesome over there at OpenAI. I'm glad to see 
um, the role that you've picked up over there and the assistance you're able to bring to OpenAI as they scale and grow and get to their events or missions or whatever it is that they have in plan. And again, Kathy, it was so great having you on the podcast today. Appreciate all the insight you provided. I'm sure our audience members are again going to find this very valuable. So again, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Equity Expert Podcast. If you're not already, please subscribe to uh, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we hope to see you in the next one. Take care.